Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So I'll just go through our, our values real quick, the ones that we've done already, and then we're going to finish with excellence as our standard. So the first one is Jesus is our message. That's as basic, as simple as it is. Jesus is our core message. That's the foundation on which we stand. People are a priority. Passion is our response. Unity is our pursuit. Honor is our posture. Excellence is our standard. Joy is our choice. Generosity is our privilege. Serving is our calling. Our city is our responsibility, which Pete done last week. And I just want to touch on excellence. I think that the danger with excellence is so, so many people, we come in and we think excellence is like a burden because we think excellence is like perfection. And the reality is perfection is impossible. And so the, the culture we're trying to create here as a church is one of excellence, which means we do the best that we can with what we have. And so it's not going to look the same if we were maybe living in a different country where there's less, but, but it's got to be culturally relevant for where we are uh, and the situation we find ourselves in. And so at the start, we can only do so much because we only had so much resource to do that with. But as we grow, we can grow in all kinds of ways. We can grow with more people praying, with more people learning, with more people being sent to Bible college. We can grow um, with, with our teams. But, but as we grow, we want to grow the right way. Uh, because we don't grow the right way, we grow the wrong way. Uh, and we get the wrong results. And so I'll tell you a story. A few weeks ago, I was given a voucher by a good friend for a hotel. So me and my wife picked ourselves up just after Christmas and decided, let's go use this voucher up the North Coast in this beautiful hotel. I'm not going to name and shame. And it is a beautiful hotel, to be fair, but there was a situation that happened to us. So we were enjoying ourselves, going to the spa, eating out. And, you know, the voucher really covered most of that, so, so we weren't burdened by how much we were spending. And we're having a great time. The view is spectacular. And then we, we just um, decided we'll go to bed and get up fresh. We'll go to bed early, get up fresh, and go to the spa again and enjoy the view and lie on one of those little beds, you know, that heat up the tile beds. Oh, there, I love them. Beautiful. Switch off. And the whole idea for us to do that was to refresh our soul, is to hit the pause button and actually begin to really not think about much, <laughs> to just go stress-free and breathe and allow our soul and our mind to just stop for a second and get ready for the new year. And so that, everything was going well. We'd had a nice dinner, relaxing time. We're impressed by the, the situation and, and, and the room and everything was just kind of a a pretty new hotel, so it was lovely to be in something so fresh. And it came to, we went to bed by about 11 o'clock, you know, just real crazy party animals we are. Uh, and after scrolling on our phone, you know, doesn't refresh the soul at all. And then all of a sudden, we're both asleep, or I think most, I think maybe Anna was asleep and I was getting there. And all of a sudden, woo, 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 an alarm goes off in our room, and it's not just, it's a, it's a really advanced type of alarm because it's got a sound and a light. <laughs> and it's going, woo, woo, woo. And we're 
like, what on earth? Like, this, is, this must be real. There, this is not, obviously, a, this is not a drill at 11.45 at night. <laughs> this is obviously for real. And so, Anna kindly sends me down to the reception. And as a good husband, I was obedient. And I went down to the reception and I found there's about five or six other men who had been sent down by their lovely other halves. And we all congregate around um, some of the night staff who really don't know what's going on or how to fix it. And what would happen is they would proceed to hit the silencer on the fire alarm, and about three seconds later, it would go off again. So you can understand the frustration and the scenario they're in, because they obviously hadn't been trained on how to reset or, or read the system. And obviously, we, we have had a few problems here with certain machines on our stage. They have sent our fire alarms off the odd time. His machine. And so I thought, yes, this is a good opportunity for me to be a hero. <laughs> and so I'm just asking, oh, can I get in? Can I get onto the system? And I realized it was a slightly different system to ours. Went onto YouTube, you know, all the answers are on YouTube. Ended up finding the solution, but they wouldn't let me touch it. And so it took two hours of woo-woo and flashing lights. 1.30, I was still hanging about, and then eventually uh, the big boss came, and it was a simple f zone fault, and just needed to be switched off to fix it in about 30 seconds. Um, but one thing it got me thinking about was the spirit of excellence, because at the end of our stay, they, they, they told us a story, and I knew it was, it was made up. I was like, so what's our discount, you know? Can't wait to hear what our discount is as we go to pay, you know, the little bit we had to pay. They're like, oh, there's no discount. It was a power surge in the little village that this hotel was in. And I'm like, a power surge? I'm pretty sure a power surge does not send off. We're electricians, I've got one here. Pretty sure a power surge is not going to just send off a random zone on the fire alarm, right? doesn't really make sense. It would probably shut the whole system down before it would just send off a random zone because I had kind of under... I went and looked to see what had happened. It was just a random, the zone nine had just all of a sudden triggered the alarm. So I'm pretty sure if it's going to do damage, it's going to affect the whole system and not consistently fire that zone off. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. So you know me, we were bored on the way home and they said, no, there's a power surge in the, in the village and, and that's what sent it off. I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. So we were bored on the way home. I says, Anna, what do you think? Should I, should I call it NIE? And to be honest, I wasn't mad. I was just about, what are you doing? Like, what? That's a really random excuse, and it doesn't add up in my brain. So, so I, and I was like, no, no, don't, don't, don't. I'm like, I'll oh, be good practice this to see if there actually was a power surge reported to the NIE for this address. And so we called them up on the way home. And they're like, yeah, there's been no report of any power surge in that street in that place in the last, actually, 10 to 15 days. And the woman on the phone actually said, but a power surge wouldn't have done that. Anyhow, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so anyhow, we got a bit of discount for our next day. <laughs> but it got me thinking they didn't take responsibility and ended up nearly making up a story and nearly didn't pay attention attention to my, the customer's needs. 
They got lethargic. Ah, just whatever. Tell them a wee story. They'll be okay. I think that was the part that messed with me because I knew that that really isn't okay. You know, if we had paid for this stay, it would have cost the guts of 300 pounds. You're like, if I had paid that, I'd have been raging, actually. Because <laughs> we didn't actually get a good sleep. We were going to get refreshed. We were going to relax. And so all the other guys that congregated, one of the guys actually said to me, I'm getting to the scripture, by the way, in a minute. <laughs> this is setting the whole thing up. One of the guys actually said to me, and this guy maybe taking a few too many, and he was really going after this, this night st- staff guy who just didn't have a clue, and he was just trying to get through his shift trying to calm this guy down. He was going for him. He's like, listen, me and the wife, we have two young kids at home. We came here to sleep and to eat and to go to the sauna. He's like, don't worry, just go back to your room. There is a light flashing in the room. If I go back to the room, my wife sends me back here. Fix the problem now. And I was just like, whoa, I understand his frustration. I understand why he's not happy. And maybe he's been maybe too honest at times because of what was in his system. Because our attitude, how we do things, it matters. And I want to start um, with this scripture in Colossians 3 and 2. and says, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from your soul, as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men. That is, you will receive the inheritance, which is your real reward. The one whom you're actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. See, the author is not speaking just about when you serve, when you act your attitude when you're just in church at your connect group, he's talking about, he's talking about as you serve your masters. That was mentioned in this particular scripture. As you serve your employment, your employers, your boss. It doesn't say how good the boss is or how bad the boss is or how nice the boss is or whether they give bonuses. It just says how we should act. Why? Because it matters. There's a spirit being carried here. It actually talks about this in, in the AMP version. Uh, from the soul, from the heart, from the deepest part of who you are, how you act, that's where that stuff is coming from. If we just act nice in church, if we just act nice when we think we need to and then just be another version, then there's a reward that's being neglected. There's an opportunity that's being missed. And so some of you right now, you're like, in work, you're just like, whatever. It's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth kind of mindset. It's just, you fall to the culture of the environment that you're in. But here, what I see, the writer is saying, hey, I want you to raise the culture. I want you to be a thermostat for the culture. I want you to set the bar, not as man sets it, but as Christ sets it. There's something in this. You see, excellence honors God. Excellence, yet again, it's not perfection because we just give up at the first step. It's an attitude, it's a spirit that we carry into all aspects of our life. 
And the beauty about excellence is excellence is often caught more than it's taught. I've had a few personal experiences in that regard. I remember um, working, actually doing an internship in an environment, and I was serving a, a leader who I had the utmost respect for. I really valued who they were, what they were doing, what they stood for. And I got, kind of got pulled into the inner circle, and I started to realize and I didn't naturally have this. I wasn't taught it really from back home, but I started to see an attention to detail that I had never seen before. I started to see them paying attention to things that seemed so mundane, like hoovering the room, like the way things were laid out on a table, like things that I didn't really care to be quite honest with, with you. I didn't really care about. It wasn't on my radar. I didn't think it I didn't see the impact it could potentially have. I didn't see the spirit that it was transferring, but I caught it in some areas of my life. And it, here's the beauty about it. it didn't just, I didn't just catch it in this, like a church-type environment. It started to overflow into other areas of my life. Now, listen, I'm not saying I've got it in every area, but there's certain particular areas that I, I naturally now apply it to, and it bears good fruit. And it, people catch it. I've seen it producing and creating pathways of opportunity because I was exposed to somebody who had a spirit of excellence. And on, on the other side, I've also seen where someone has been sloppy. And it's done the opposite of attract. It's actually pushed people and resisted success in whatever that area, particular area would be. And it's actually caused me to get, when I've been around those kind of people, maybe working under those kind of people, I've actually fallen to that level. And it's actually caused me to not be effective with what God has put in my hand. And so the question is for you right now, is there somewhere that you've fallen to that sloppy level that God might challenge you to raise the bar, to start working as unto the Lord. Because I'm telling you, there will be opportunity that comes from it. Opportunity to share your faith. Maybe if someone sees that in you and you ask them to alpha, they might come. Because you have something in you that they're drawn to. Like, listen, none of us are drawn. We weren't drawn to this particular hotel because it was sloppy. We were drawn to this particular hotel. Listen, I had a bad day. It's fine. I would go back. But we weren't drawn because of the sloppiness. We were drawn because of the excellence, because of the effort that the employees would make to make us feel comfortable, to make us feel welcome. They would go the extra mile. When we came in, there's a little bit of mulled wine, you know, nicely set out on a table. It, you know, just... It, it was right for the season. They knew the culture. They knew the time. They knew the moment to do it. And it just added that little bit of shortbread all neatly. And all the rooms were looked after, smelling fresh, looking fresh. It, it created in us an attraction to go to refresh our soul. Did you know that the church was designed to refresh people? Like a well of fresh water. When Jesus seen the woman at the well... He was about, he wanted to, to let her know that I can satisfy you. I can meet your, your deepest need in your soul. 
Why? Because of his excellent spirit. He wasn't just going to satisfy her a bit. He was saying, I could satisfy you holistically to meet the deepest needs that you have on the inside. Not just half, all. And as a church, as a body, as a people, it's our job to try and represent Jesus' mission on the earth to the best of our ability. And how we do that, I believe, is to pay attention to details. Because I'm telling you, if you get sloppy on your welcome in church, at your group, on a one-to-one with somebody during the week, in your workplace, I'm telling you, people, one, they'll probably feel rejected. Come on, some of you have been in, maybe came here for the first time today, or maybe there was one time it was your first time, and if you had a sloppy welcome, you're kind of wondering, do these people want me here? Do they even, do I fit in? And see, it's our job as a church, let me confirm that you fit in. doesn't matter where you come from, your socioeconomic background, your race, it doesn't matter any of those things. We're here to stand in the gap, to pay attention to the details, to show you the heart of the Father. And when you realize His heart, and hopefully we can show you it in part and point you to it in full, it will change your heart. You'll be drawn to the person of Christ. You'll be drawn to His love for you and His sacrifice on the cross. You'll be drawn because it wasn't, this is where Jesus takes it up a notch, it wasn't just an excellent sacrifice, it was a perfect sacrifice. Think about when Jesus fed the people in the wilderness, He fed the 5,000, some of you know that story. He took a few loaves of bread and fish and He expanded it, He blessed it, and what happened? Excellence happened. Everyone got enough and then some. See, when you go into an excellent type of hotel setting where you refresh your soul, what happens is they never run out of whatever you need. They'll pay and they'll invest in extra to make sure there's always charge to make sure the room is, there's always enough oil in the tank so that your room is always warm at the right temperature. They'll go over and above. Pay attention to the details so that you will have a refreshed soul. And I believe that's what happens when the church is activated and, and thriving in all it should be. But listen, the church isn't just a weekend service. The church is the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday. The whole week, the church really is activated when it's out there and not in here. And so what if we start to pay attention again to the details? How, we, how are we around people? Will we step in the gap for someone even if it means we sacrifice our own comfort? Because that's, you know... On a, on a service level, that's what our welcome team is really there to do. Hey, I, I'm kind of having good banter with my friends here on the welcome team or whatever team, but I'm actually going to pay attention. There's somebody coming in nervous. It's taken them three months to get here. They've been going through all kinds of depression, heartache, heartbreak, d- disillusionment, struggling with identity, all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm going to take my attention off of what's comfortable for me. I'm going to take this time and serve and see the people that need my love. I tell you, when a church grasps that, catches that, then all of a sudden a church becomes attractive to the person who is disillusioned. It becomes attractive to the person who's, who's had a life of sin, which has caused all kinds of dysfunction in their life, and they, and they want to find hope. It becomes attractive to that person who, who feels uh, not good enough that if they go into a church, they'll be judged. But when they come into this church, they find acceptance. Not because we accept sin, but because we accept sinners. 
We accept people who are flawed just like us, every one of us. And we want to help people get on a journey of moving forward into God's truth and His grace. Can I get an amen? Is anyone with me? Good. Number two, an excellent spirit will inspire people. It says this in 1 Kings 10. The queen of Sheba heard the constant connection, the fame of Solomon. We're talking about Solomon. With the name of the Lord. She came to prove him with hard questions, problems, and riddles. She heard about this man Solomon of great success, of great wisdom, said to be the most wise man that ever lived. And then it goes on to say, she actually arrived on the scene. It says, when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and skill, the house he had built, the details, the house he had built, the architecture, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, the standing at attention of his servants, the culture in which they created. He built this. He created this. Their apparel, his cuppers, every detail. His ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, the burnt offerings. So, so how he worshipped, how he sacrificed, the types of sacrifice, the amount of sacrifice. She was breathless and overcome. She was, she was literally blown away. I can't believe what's happening here. I can't believe how he's doing life right now. I can't believe the spirit in which not just he carries, but these people have caught. She said to the king, it was a true report I heard in my own land of your acts and sayings and wisdom. I did not believe it until I came and my eyes had seen. Behold, the half was not told, or was, was not told me. You have added wisdom and goodness exceeding the fame I heard. Happy are your men. So, so these men and these people are sacrificing. They're paying attention to detail. They've got a plan. They're sticking to the plan. They're, they're unified in the plan. Everyone's doing what they're supposed to. And they're happy in it. They're excited about it. Happy are your servants who stand continually before you. Hearing your wisdom. See, there's something about purpose. There's something about purpose with a plan to execute. There's something about being a part of a team, of a movement, of a culture that is producing health. There's something that's going on here that we need to catch. An excellent spirit will inspire people. Third, excellence creates comfort. Maybe some of you have been to a party, maybe a connect group. I don't know what it is, but you've been somewhere uh, and you arrive at the house, the room that you're supposed to be in, the lights aren't on yet. The heat's, you know, it's la- the, the hosts are running about crazy. Uh, and it's nearly as if you've arrived before the time you were supposed to. Uh, and the room is cold, the lights aren't on, the food isn't prepared, the tea is cold. Uh, and you nearly feel as if you're getting in the way. You nearly feel like, do you actually want me here? Or are you just doing this for the sake of it? And so one thing we, we teach our our group leaders is always be prepared. Always be ready. Why? Because if you're ready, then people actually think that you want them there. If you've got the room prepared, the cushion set, it's smelling nice, it sends the signal, hey, I was waiting for you. If you're sitting there waiting, ready for a conversation, because that's the whole point, then, then it sends the signals, I've been waiting for you. I've been prepared for you. 
I've been praying for you. I've been planning this specifically for you. Why? Because you're valuable. In the same way, when we do church, when we do kids ministry, when we do anything, we want to have a spirit where we're ready. We've hoovered the space. We've set the chairs. That's why we always tell our teams, hey, we want to be ready 30 minutes before our guests come in. Why? Because we're not stressed. We can actually pay attention to the people that have arrived. We can actually love on people. We can actually ask them, hey, how, how was your week? How's things? Do you want a coffee? We're not panicking. We're giving attention. We're paying attention to details. Excellence creates comfort. When we do things well, it's not chaos. The, the normal situation is we're ready. And so as we go into January and we're in the middle of this fast, we're going to week two. Some of you maybe haven't been paying attention. Listen. It's okay. Let's start this week. Let's start right now. And I just want to read this out and remind us. I told our team this morning that the reason we do have prayer and fasting, we actually get, there's a bunch of examples throughout the scripture. Jesus fasted for 40 days before he went into his effectiveness of his ministry. Right before he was 30, when his ministry really kicked off. But right before he felt the spirit of God leading him into a fast. Why? because he needed power. He, he came as a man. His flesh had to die. His flesh had to get out of the way. Right now, some of us are maybe feeling lethargic. You know, I don't know where you're at, where your faith, you're maybe a bit cold, but lukewarm. Well, how do, you, how do you help get some light into that dark space? Well, that's what fasting is really about. Actually, Jonathan was sure great in our pre-service, just about how that's how you get the light in. And, and when you deny your body, it says here, it won't be on the screen, Daniel 10, it says, In those days, Daniel was mourning for three whole weeks. He ate no pleasant or desirable food, nor did any meat or wine come into his mouth. And then it goes on to say that an angel appeared. You see, when we pray and we fast, we get God's attention, or maybe God gets our attention, because we're, let, we're going into a period of letting go of the things which are comfortable so that, so that we can get into a place of getting some work done in our soul. It's interesting, isn't it, how for us to go to that hotel and experience refreshment in our soul and to relax and to rest, there was, there was maybe 30 employees behind the scenes working hard, paying attention, creating the space, thinking about the cleaning, looking at the dust on the ledge, preparing the food, getting the plan. There was a ton of people had to get to work in order to create that experience for us. And I think it's the same with prayer and fasting as we give God our attention, as we say no to comfort. What happens is God begins to go deep into our soul, begins to pay attention to some things that He can't get a hold of because we're too busy being comfortable, lethargic. And then what happens is power comes. After Jesus had spent 40 days in the desert, power came. Miracles came. Change came. If you want change, if you want miracles, if you want God to touch your heart and your situation, if you want breakthrough, pray and fast. Why is an excellent spirit important? It's important because paying attention to details is important. Paying attention to people is important. Paying attention to our needs is important. Paying attention to God is important. So, so that's why excellence is important. It's the details See, God has assignments for some people in here. Sorry, for every person in here. 
but they won't be fulfilled unless you pay attention. God has got dreams for you to dream. I don't know if you've ever dreamed a God dream. Sometimes it just comes to you in a moment, maybe in worship, in prayer, random moments. You just see something, a heavenly picture, and it keeps repeating. God's got dreams for you to dream. But you won't dream them unless you're paying attention, unless you're excellent with your prayer and your devotion, unless you're excellent with showing up to the community of believers on a weekend, on a Sunday, unless you prioritize that and sacrifice everything else around you, unless you pay attention. God can't get in and bring light into those dark, lethargic situations in your life, in your frustrations, in your burdens, in your brokenness. God can't fix anything until he has your attention. You know, what do you think Jesus was walking through Jerusalem? What are Zacchaeus, the text collectors, what are all these people trying to do? Hey, Jesus, over here. I want your attention. But you know what they had to do? They had to sacrifice their pride. They had to sacrifice the voice of the crowd. They had to sacrifice their reputation. They had to let go of what everyone else was thinking to get Christ's attention. Some of you are praying for God just to bless your family. But in some situations, God will not bless your, your family and future generations unless you give Him your attention. Maybe God has got something for you to build this year in 2023 or to rebuild. But God's provision, just like Nehemiah, will not be provided until you give Him your attention. And so that's why excellence as a spirit isn't just important as we serve. It's important as we pray. It's important as we worship. It's important as we give. It's important as we live. And if we start to pay attention to the details, I'm telling you, you will attract God's blessing upon your life. You'll attract God's vision for your life. You'll attract all of those things. Listen, it doesn't just happen. I, I love this statement. That consistency beats trumps intensity every day of the week every year of a decade every decade of a century what do I mean I mean don't just come one week and give it all for one week and oh, God didn't work God didn't speak <laughs> you don't do that in any other relationship in your life and expect results consistency time Show up, over, go to group, go to Alpha. Don't just come one week and expect. What was, what was Richard's story? First week, uh, going for the pizza. Don't even want to be here. Just dragged along. Second week, oh, I'm thawing out a little bit. It's, it's, it's working on me. I'm starting to renew my mind a little bit, but let's not get too excited. By third week, boom. Eye opener. Consistency. If he had just wanted the intense event of just one, a one hit, God, if you're real, do it now in my time. I'm not saying God can't do that. But the normal is pray without ceasing. The no normal is keep the Sabbath day holy. Every Sabbath, 52 weeks of the year. The normal is meditate on my word day and night. Consistency. Not just, God, I'll pray today and I'll go long and just hope for the best. And 
No, God wants relationship over time. You, you think about if you're in a relationship, do you really want to be with someone that's just present emotionally one day a week or one day a month or one day a year? Just when all hell breaks, breaks out loose, all of a sudden you're consistent for an hour or two. You're emotional, just you're, you're emotionally present. No, no. P- consistency will build the house brick by brick day by day hope you enjoyed the podcast today i hope it encouraged you there's a few things i'd love you to do i'd love you to subscribe to our youtube itunes or spotify account this is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.